This is Truth Be Toad. This is Dr. Walter Rocca. Dr. Kyle Dumpert. And Dr. Gary Dennis. Dr. Dennis. What's going on, everybody? Suki, Suki go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Suki, you finished that? Okay. This is, so Suki <laughs> is our... Uh, our guest uh, for today, she is. Uh, she was previously a dentist in India, so we brought her on to just ga- basically give us the knowledge of how dentistry is in other countries. So, Suki, go ahead and just give us a little background about yourself. All right. So, I uh, had my humble beginning in India. Uh, I, so, in India, it's pretty straightforward. When you're in high school, if you are good in math, you become an engineer. If you're good in biology, you become a doctor. And that's how I ended up being a dentist. So I chose dentistry at the time. I had no prior experience. Um, I don't think I even went to the dentist before that because there is no wow. no emphasis on preventive dentistry in India. So I just, after high school, I got into dental school. There was no bachelor's, nothing before that. Um, and then once in school, you get to know how it works and everything like that. Um, and honestly, dental school was really scaring me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't expect a lot of the things that I faced there. Uh, the teachers were really hard on us every day from day one. And, um, it was a tough five years, basically. I, I don't know how it is in the US. I never been to dental school here, but that's how I started. And then, uh, um, honestly, immediately after I finished my internship, so you have to do a one year internship in India to get your license. Uh, you don't give any uh, national board exam or anything. Once you're done with school, you do your internship and you get your license. Um, and the moment I got my license, I was already engaged to this guy in the United States and I moved here. Um, and that's how it all started, basically. And then, uh, so I didn't get a lot of chance to practice in India, except for that one-year internship. Uh, but that was, like, right in my school, which was also a hospital. And we saw patients for free, and we did... Uh, so I did get a rotation of all, you know, ortho, perio, endo, all, everything. I got to, to be in each department for about a month, month and a half. And then we would just move on to the next one. So that was my internship. Okay. Um, and then I got here. Okay. Well, my, my, I mean, Dr. Dennis, go ahead and ask the first question. I promise you, you can get your first question. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, I guess my question is just um, why, once you got here, did you choose to go into hygiene as opposed to um, pursuing uh, being a dentist in the United States. That's, that's a really good question. Uh, no, I actually pursued uh, dental schools. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really know a lot of people here. Obviously, I had just moved here. Uh, my friends were my husband's friends, and he's an engineer. So I really didn't have any friends or anyone to really guide me uh, on what to do. So. I got here, I did not understand the system at the time, I feel like. Uh, all I knew was I had to give my MBD pass and then just uh, start applying to the university. So I did do it once, one cycle, and I was really discouraged that I didn't get in. Uh, but I didn't realize that I needed a whole bunch of other things to add on, uh, like make a great resume, make a great uh, SOP, have some experience here. Um, and then these things I slowly learned on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understood, and I basically, honestly, 
since then i like the way things are done in the united states like i like it how you start from the bottom so you get in a dental, you know you get in a dental office see how it the system works and then you know you build your way up i really like the way that things are done here so i did start from the bottom i was in austin at the time she let me stay with her as a volunteer in the beginning because of visa statuses i couldn't work so she let me just volunteer in her office for a little bit i would observe clean rooms and do you know those little things and then once i got my working uh, visa she let me work in the front desk so i did a little bit of uh, you know scheduling and financials and then i did a little bit of assisting and i thought assisting was really hard work and i was like i can't do this yeah, it, is it is a lot of hard work doctor it's a lot of hard work D- dr dennis yeah, yeah. got his uh, start that way as well yeah that's that's not fun job well can i ask um, a question can i ask a question Let, let's let's yes. go back to when you were in india um the one thing that you said was you didn't know much about dentistry but then you went into dentistry and you, you almost made it seem like your path was already kind of like preordained like somebody just made it up for you as you went along while here in the u.s people are like oh you know i love teeth and whenever you interview students they're like oh i love teeth that's why i went into dentistry and so forth but for you it doesn't seem like that it almost seems like you were just kind of like this is your path because of your skills in biology your skills in math or whatever it may Mm -hmm. be that's true doc that's what i'm saying that's a big cultural thing uh but that's how it is and parents are really involved in our lives um and their thinking is that they want a better future for us than what they had so they are basically looking at big careers you know doctors engineers where you can go ahead and have a bright future versus like my dad was uh, a teacher in a government school he didn't i mean he earned decent but he didn't really get to be like a you know a rich person or whatever so i was brought up in a lower middle class family in india and my dad had big dreams for us and my mom so yeah but that's the way this they kind of really push you towards choosing engineering or being a doctor so you're not stuck being you know in a in a low paying job basically okay now now we we complain a lot about certain aspects of dental education uh specifically the cost of going to dental school uh do you mind sharing what that looks like in india because here the traditional path is four years of undergrad four years of dental school and then uh either if you want to go out and practice or do a residency or specialize after that so we're at least eight years in as as far as paying for education uh and we're up over 300,000 yeah. as the average yeah. coming out of school right now. So what does that look yeah. like in India? Okay, so that so okay, so in India things are done totally differently. So you after high school we give an exam which is like an all India exam. If you get in that uh the fees is very very minimum. You get into like government schools and I would want to say if I want to convert it to US dollars, I would say like $100 a year. Oh wow! I'm it's going to India. I'm going to send my kids to India. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't want to do that. We can have a podcast on that on why not to do that. A hundred dollars, And then uh, the other thing is, then you, if you don't get in that all India, because remember there are a lot of people in India, so it's a the, very stiff. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's a lot of us. So if you don't get in there, which happened to me, then you start applying to individual states. 
and uh, the state will accept a few students like out of state but their fees is higher uh, so my fees was a little higher since i was out of state um i would want to say in us dollars for my dad it was about $1000 a year which was which was which is a lot of money for him but he you know like i said yes. he arranged all yes. that yes. uh and then that was that, and that's four years of school because internship is basically uh you know like i said it's just working so you don't pay anything but you don't get paid either <laughs> so oh okay yeah is it that thousand dollars a year are you paying that out of pocket is there a government financial aid system for loans or no no so there is no no, there's no financial aid or anything. Um, no, that was all out of pocket for my dad. And he had to arrange money by sometimes selling, you know, stuff and things like that. Wow. I won't, I won't be this depressing, but you know, no, it, no, I mean, it's okay. he did. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, to me, that's actually, that shows the, the, the yeah. motivation that your parents had for you to do better than them, right? Based on what you just said. So everything it takes for you to yes. excel oh. is what they were going to do oh, for you. Absolutely. You know, so I, I mean, it's not depressing. I think it oh, just absolutely. shows, absolutely. it shows, you know, sometimes that we're spoiled <laughs> because we can go, we can go to dental school, we get in and we can yeah. literally write on a piece of paper, I want to take out a hundred thousand dollars, like it's nothing. Literally, it's just a piece of paper. You know, there's no one saying that they had to sell their house or anything to get here. It's no, okay, write this, sign on this piece of paper, and you got a $100,000 loan or whatever it may be. You know, 300 as Kyle said, $300,000 is the average that people are coming out with. So so I, I, I think that, that's, that speaks a lot. And I think people need to understand and appreciate some of the systems mm-hmm. that we have that kind of allows people oh, to go through. What we complain sure. about. What we complain about, you know. Um mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you said that the first step is you take a, an exam that everybody takes and then mm-hmm. you get in and then the mm-hmm. states will also will allow you to come in uh, on mm-hmm. that point. But OK, so past that. Right. Uh, how is it in school? Like what are some of the classes that you take? How how uh, intense is it? Because you're already, you've gotten in. It's basically a government um education Mm -hmm. so is it is it like okay i need this i want to specialize so i'm going to be the top of the class is it like that or is it just everybody just wants to get and graduate so uh school is dental school is very intense and another cultural thing is that the the teachers in india they will act like your worst enemies no that's how it is here too that's how it is here too Uh, you (laughs) can't Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I'm not like that in high school. <laughs> right. There you go. You're nice. So, but, you know, they are totally unapproachable. They are treated like gods. So basically, we've been taught since, you know, beginning that teachers are our gods because they give us a better life by, you know, educating you and making you a better person, whatnot. It's like a brainwash, honestly. I didn't feel it until I got out of India that, that it was really a little intense because... Some of these teachers were not really nice people. Uh, but, you know, and they would like insult you in front of others. Like if I had long nails, uh, they would insult you in front of others and things like that. Anyway, so there's no help from teachers, basically. Uh, your friends, your classmates, if they have your back, you know, you you basically get through school somehow because you have to look for your own patients. It's the same thing. So first year was, you know, basic anatomy, physiology and all that. Second year was uh, pathology and things like that. Third year is when we really started uh, clinics. 
and uh, and of course the fourth year so it was and then fourth year was where we went in each department we would be assigned to like orthodontics for a month and a half and then you would just stay there and you know do your uh, retainers and whatnot not going into detail because in india honestly everybody is doing their masters because like i said we are just too many there and everybody's got a bachelor's now so uh, they go and do their masters to be, be an orthodontist or endodontist and things like that. Sounds like Howard. <laughs> how, how many uh, how, how many specialties are there in India? Because we have uh, how many? We have what? Twelve? Fourteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Public health and now uh, anesthesiology is added on. So yeah, it's about or- oral or- medicine. It's, it's, it's or- the same dog. Mm-hmm. They follow the same system. They usually take uh, stuff from either UK. Or United States, so okay. it's okay. it's usually the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is is it the same time requirement wise to for those specialties for for perio? It was what three, three years, years. Mm-hmm. and, and what was endo mm-hmm. for? Yeah. two or three years here, Gary. Yeah, depending on the school. If you if it's a uh, if it's three years, you're definitely going to get your master's. Mm-hmm. Two year programs, it's a it's some have masters, some don't. Some have an option. So, so two to three years. Okay, so that's all pretty much the same in India, also. It's always three years of masters, um, okay. no matter what you choose. Oh, okay. No, I, yeah. I I like to think dentistry is dental school is probably one of the hardest professional schools to get into. I I think they were telling us whenever I was in school that that was dentistry was probably the most competitive. Um, mm-hmm. I think Pitt might have had what four or five thousand applications for about a hundred eighty to a hundred people getting in. Okay. What was the what did the competition look like getting into a, a school in India? Do you know how so, many how many seats were available versus how many people were applying? So in India, uh, getting into medical school would be um, more harder, much more harder. I don't really know the person. Medical school is much harder to get into. At the time, it was, dental was, like I said, in India, since there's no preventive dentistry and whatnot, dental school was kind of like upcoming, honestly, mm-hmm. even in like uh, 2000s, like, <laughs> because not a lot of people, like, there's no awareness of, uh, you know, getting your six months cleaning, even x-rays. They don't do x-rays until something hurts. Mm-hmm. They don't do any routine x-rays. That's unheard of. Uh, they will do, and, and the other thing is they are very conservative. So whatever they can save, they will not try to, like wisdom teeth, they will do a root canal on wisdom tooth versus taking it out. It's like, no, whatever you, it's like whatever God gave you with this, you know, you want to keep your I do that all the time. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But you know what, but, but you know what though, I actually like that a little bit better. I'll be honest. I like that, the idea of let's keep what you have. You know, I mean, yeah, that's why I went yeah. to Perio because I'm like, let's keep what you have. Let's let's do yeah. everything we can to keep what you have. But um, do, do you guys believe that that's kind of that trend is going away? And do you also think that in India, that's also going to happen where people are going to start doing what we do in the U.S., which is let's take out wisdom teeth as soon as possible. Let's uh, take your teeth out and place implants. Do you think that's going to transition that way? It's if if they're thinking about it, Doc, it will be really hard because I'm sure even here you must have seen Indian people are very hesitant to do that. If you tell them that, hey, 
you must have seen that i'm sure where right. you know you're like oh this wisdom tooth is going to bother you at some point but right. you're like oh it doesn't bother me now that's i'm right. getting rid of it i see that that's just that's just the way it is in india they will not because that's like kind of embedded in us i had to get out of that too and i feel like some part of it is still left in me but i got my wisdom teeth out 3 okay. years ago and i'm very happy yeah. but i had to fight with my mom because she was like why are you doing it when it does not bother you <laughs> and i'm like mom i, I kind of like that I know, idea i know a little bit about dentistry maybe so I'm you know the dentist, just... mom you sent me to dental school to learn about this mom let <laughs> me let's be let's be honest my mom still doesn't listen to anything i say so yeah. you know it doesn't matter what you are to your mom who cares um yeah okay wow okay so let's let's transition into now you're in the u.s and you um Mm -hmm. you're a hygienist right um and Mm -hmm. and and you're teaching in hygiene school now so tell me like how what you're seeing when it comes to teaching american students versus you know because in india you remember you're you're a teacher you're god you're awesome you're the best thing that could ever happen right and then you come to the u.s and i feel like people (laughs) don't have the same respect for teachers so what are you seeing when it comes to teaching hygiene and where do you see when it comes to the 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 future of hygiene and how it looks okay i'll go back a little bit so uh hygiene honestly even back in india when i had my perio postings we called it postings when we were in the, you know, when we were in the department and whatever. Uh, I loved Perio. I loved to see that effect of, of you know, clean, at that time only just cleaning teeth because Keep it we going. didn't really go under the, <laughs> under the gums. So I would get to take out the supra ginger mm-hmm. and I would be so happy, like the whole change. Me too. Um, <laughs> you know, just do things before it gets worse kind of a thing i take that very personally honestly sometimes when i see a 16 17 year old patient losing their first molars i honestly start like i get teary eyed because it just breaks my heart like you know if they had done something or you know we could have saved that tooth that was supposed to last a lifetime and things like that so i sometimes take it too personally but that's what i loved about hygiene i realized when i came to india that that's my passion that honestly uh, more than clinical dentistry, I really liked hygiene more. And then I chose to go into, you know, hygiene and everything. And then I did a little bit of teaching dental assistance, uh, that was at Pima, Pima Medical Institute. And I loved it because I felt like the students responded really good to me, even with a weird accent and whatnot. They understood me. I didn't think they would, uh, but they did. They loved me there. They said, I, you know, uh, I brought in something good for the students. They understood me really good. And I brought in, you know, uh, things from India to make them laugh and may wake them up or whatever. <laughs> also surprise or shock them because <laughs> I have some really interesting stories from India of what we did. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, just talking about preventive is, is really awesome to me. I don't know if I answered your question. I don't know. I think well, I the Well, no, no, no. Nice. So that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for for me, I want to know, like, what do you see when it comes to the future of hygiene, right? Because a lot of, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm noticing, talking to a lot of hygienists, and after about, you know, five years, we'll say, they get burnt out, and they feel like they're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and they feel like they don't want to do hygiene anymore. They even have groups on Facebook that talks about what do you want to do mm-hmm. outside of hygiene. And so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. asking you, what do you see when it comes to the future of hygiene? How do you help them to kind of keep that passion going for a longer time? 
Uh, so I feel like there are two aspects to that because clinical hygiene is a little intense, Doc, you know, with mm-hmm. the, I've heard about, you know, carpal tunnel and back pains and everything else. So I don't know if it is about that. I don't think you would lose the passion for hygiene. Even the people who get out probably don't. Uh, but I do worry about the physical, you know, pain. And if I'm not able to do it, what am I going to do? And honestly, that's something that drove me to what else I could do if I'm not able to sustain this clinical, you know, uh, working clinical right. hygiene. Uh, and that is why I tried to do teaching. I did get my master's also, you know, in case if I have to do that more uh, teaching and stuff like that. But I feel like uh, hygiene is not going anywhere. If if anything, the future is almost, you know, brighter than before because, you know, uh, I feel like people are getting more aware. Yeah. And, it's so awesome to be in the United States because there's so much diversity and I see and I see Indian people here and I try to educate them and I feel like sometimes they respond to me a little better because mm-hmm. they build mm-hmm. a trust with me. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to change that and, you know, trying to prevent and I, f- I don't feel like it's going to go away. It's it's here to stay. <laughs> I, mean, I can sense your passion. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have a question about the the one thing I remember from dental school that uh, is oral pathology. Mm-hmm. But they talked a lot about mm-hmm. betel nut and uh, how how <laughs> devastating it can be as far as cancer. Uh, we obviously don't have that here in the United States. Uh, did you see a lot of that or learn a lot about that in dental school in India? What was that talk? I didn't understand. Well, beetle uh, nut. It's a uh, some kind of leaf. It's, it's kind of like tobacco. Yeah. Except- beetle nut. Oh, beetle nut. I got it. I got it. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Oh, uh, yeah. Beetle nut is very, very common in India. And did you say the cancers associated yeah. with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Can you, can you oh. explain to everybody what what beetle nut is? What what people do with it? And oh, uh, oh it's so bad. Uh, I don't know. It's some kind of really like cheap stuff that they get and they chew on it like a dip so they basically keep it on their vestibule uh for hours and like all kind of like smokeless tobacco is very common in india Mm. very very common uh but yeah oral cancers are very very common Mm. a lot of people don't realize it until it's too late i have personally had one of my relatives uh, I had a, a squamous cell carcinoma on her tongue, did not mm. know about it, chewed uh, smokeless tobacco all her life. She she put it there on that vestibule. That's mm. the side that she got it. Uh, she just happened to tell a doctor when she was there, like, hey, you know, this said, just been there. It doesn't bother me, so I'm not concerned, but could you look at it? And it turned out to be like stage four. Mm. And they had to literally, you know, uh, oh, it was, it's bad. Uh, but it's very, very common. I don't know, probably people are People die on it. There's, like I said, so many of us. I don't think there's even data on it, really. And data collection in India, I don't think is, uh, they can keep up with the amount of people that, that use tobacco. Even now, uh, a lot of my cousins use it. Mm. And they just huh. they just start off early, like in their teens or sometimes even pre-teens and just won't quit. Well, okay. let me ask a question, actually. So this is just for me. Um, So, you know, I watch Bollywood movies. I enjoy them, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like they, they glorify a lot of the cool characters, like the smoking and all that stuff. Right. 
How do you combat that when you're in India and you're a dentist and you're trying to explain to people that smoking and chewing tobacco and stuff is not as glorious as it is on a Bollywood movie or, you know, uh, how do you do that? How do you kind of fight that that prestige or that, you know, image? Uh, I know they recently, I think they're making some efforts to where they're adding some warning signs. Now, I think the new government is trying to do that. Okay. But it is true. And I, like I said, it's very common in the youth. And I remember when I was in dental school, I would, I would love to sit with them and talk and talk. And I would, you know, in India, sometimes as a doctor, you can also have some authoritarian, like you can, in a way, scare the patients or, you know, be a boss of them i don't know how to say it but honestly i feel like again it's something that's ingrained in them and i i don't know if it's um if anything can be done like uh i mean hopefully something will be done eventually but right now i feel like yeah it's just they just glorify it and a lot of uh, indians look up to america like you know oh that's what you know we want to grow up to be and all that but in like in a in a bad way, like not the good things, just the bad <laughs> things. Like, <laughs> so, anyways, that's yeah. awesome. All right, well, um, let's let's you know let's that I don't know, I, I, you know I think I feel your your I definitely feel your passion when it comes to mm-hmm. what you do. I really I really feel that. Um, man, I I'm just trying to figure out what how can we transfer that and and kind of get the appreciation for what we have in the US cuz i don't know if we have that appreciation and and it's kind of bad because this podcast we do a lot of complaining let's be honest guys we do right <laughs> we always find the negative so let's end on a positive like we used to Kyle uh let's find something that would kind of motivate us to say that hey we have it pretty good you know because you said that in in india being a, a an md a doctor is really prestigious not not so much being a dentist right um but in the u.s do you mm-hmm. do you guys think that in the u.s is the same kind of mentality or do you think dentistry has become a little bit more prestige to people it depends who you ask if you ask a physician what do you think about dentistry they're gonna be like they're not a real doctor <laughs> <laughs> and so they're sitting in the chair and they're like my face hurts right like oh i'm not a real doctor <laughs> So so how do we how do we um take what you learned in India and transfer to what you know how do you transition because we deal with a lot of you know some Indian patients how do we get them to kind of change their mindset and I guess we'll end it here but how do you get them to change their mindset from what they are culturally ingrained to to understand and and know Okay so for that one uh thing that I have felt is building trust uh that is a big deal for indian people they have a lot they are very skeptical about healthcare in general in india you might go uh to for a cough they will knock you out and take out a kidney that's very common in india what? so they have a wow. lot of mistrust wow. in healthcare in general so that honestly that is the reason why they are so hesitant to do whatever we recommend and whatever we suggest because mm. there is that matter of trust so i feel like we need to especially with indian people uh, we as providers you'll have to build some trust with them they need to feel that you care about them that you're not recommending just you know abcd you know a lot of treatment that may or may not be needed uh they need to feel that you know you are not doing it just to build the insurance you know like money wise you're not just doing it for the money so they need to basically like you 
um, as a doctor, as a person, to basically give that trust in you that, okay, you know, you doc, if you're saying this, I will do it. And I'm telling you, honestly, they will get there because I, I uh, went through that whole journey, seriously, <laughs> because I was the same. Uh, but once they, they get to have that liking for you, honestly, they will not see enough. They'll be like, nope, if Dr. Aka's not there, bye-bye. You know, I only want to see him. <laughs> <laughs> and they will they will do everything you would say if you say okay i need to chop your head off they will do it no. <laughs> <laughs> well but you know what that's actually so different from uh... <laughs> I've been too no 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 it's okay no 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 i i <laughs> i understand i mean but guys don't you think that's a bit different from like some of the american mentality you know like the american mentality is almost like okay yeah just do whatever you can to charge my insurance but even it sounds like what you're saying is even in with the Indian uh, population, it, it doesn't matter if they have insurance or don't have insurance. It's do I trust what you're saying to me? And yeah. are you going to rip off my insurance or are you going to rip me off? It doesn't really matter. It's all kind of tied together. Yes. yes I, I don't think it's any different for oh, me. So you least. think you think American mentality is the same as, as, the, as their, their cultural mentality? Yes. Well, break it down. You don't just say yes. Break it. <laughs> Tell us. Right, what do you so, mean? I mean, so I mean, for me, okay, because every patient I see, I see usually once, okay, in their entire life, okay, usually, okay, right. So that means I have fifteen minutes to let them allow me to put a needle in their face, right? After first meeting me, right. So I have fifteen minutes to gain their trust. So, and a lot of patients come in, and I'm like. You know, what brings you in? They're like, I don't know. My dentist told me to come here. Mm. And I'm like, they didn't tell you anything else? They're like, no. And so they don't even know why they're there. You know, so I have to gain their trust, explain everything to them. Uh, you know, let them know that I'm not trying to steal their money and all that. So I, I think feel like it's pretty much the same okay. uh, that I have to go through with okay. the patients that I see. Kyle? I think it depends on the patient. I mean, I have... The, the emergency patients are definitely easier to convince to have something done because mm -hmm. they're in pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas, uh, there are people that, uh, you know, no matter what you tell them, no matter what you show them, they're not going to believe what you're doing or they, they think they know more than the dentist does. So mm -hmm. it, I, I don't think it's a one size fits all, but, and, and it also depends on what population in the United States you're working on. If, you're in a more low income there's there might not be as much emphasis put on investing in your oral health it, it's more of um just take it out it, it doesn't matter um we'll just take it out i'll get dentures my my parents had dentures at 18 i'm I, i'm gonna have dentures so it, it's uh, america is such a diverse population that it's hard to make a a blanket statement about and I'm sure India is the same too, uh, but it, it's mm -hmm. uh, different socioeconomic areas are, are going to respond in different ways. Right. But I, I do believe that I think what it comes down to is trust, right? So I, I, I don't care if you have a lot of money or no money. I mean, you still have to kind of earn the trust of the patient. And I think that's where we're getting at. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, educating us a little bit about, oh, wow. you know, just the difference and similarities uh, of uh, India versus the U.S. when it comes to schooling and stuff and that we should be a little more appreciative of what we have. I'm not sure about the 
you know, $300,000. I'm never going to be happy with that. Uh, <laughs> but, but I do appreciate, you know, uh, and you've shed some light on, on some of the things that we need to look out for. So thank you so much for coming on. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, I've gotten chance. I mean, the pleasure I should say of working with you. And I really think your, 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 your just personality is very infectious. So I really do appreciate oh, you personally. Thank well, you, doc. Yeah. I wanted to say that it was an honor. The first day you told me that you wanted me, I was so happy. I told my best friend and then I didn't share from you and I thought I jinxed it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, it's been a real... <laughs> he, he, he does that. He does oh, that. stop like, I it. Said, it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, I, I, I will I say... I listen to the podcast and I love it. Yes. And yeah. I've learned so much. And I, I, I was a guest lecturer for like a lecture at another class in Lamar and I used some of the material from the podcast and I thought that the students could understand it more because you i feel like uh you guys even i don't know if you realize it but you simplify some of the concepts for uh you know for easy explanation and i love it so and dr wow. dennis is so sweet oh well thank you so much <laughs> i can tell you i agree with you i can tell you that is the first time he's heard that from anybody <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing i'm telling you guys this is it right here she's like our third you know fan so this is awesome you know thank you so much for about the podcast so i'm sure oh, you awesome. have more subscribers oh. hopefully from lamar <laughs> i'm telling you guys this is awesome this is the, i don't That's know awesome. how to i don't know how to end this this is the best way to end it right here thank you yeah, so much I, awesome. I i appreciate all of the positivity you have so thank you very much for right, that and right, coming right. on thank you so much well, thank you so much again, and we'll, we'll talk soon, okay? All right. Bye, guys. All right. Enjoy thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist, with an S, at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist, with an S, at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.